1: And the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral.
2: This is
1: Pack's What She Said. Now here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Pack's What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And what a what a game that we saw on Sunday. I don't I don't have too many uh, you know quips or things to say about it. The Packers pulled it out in overtime at Lambeau Field, twenty-seven twenty-four against the Patriots, led by. Third string quarterback, Bailey Zappi. And I guess that in and of itself is something, Perry, that we need to dive into. Bill Belichick, obviously one of the best head coaches to ever coach in the National Football League. So, plenty to take away from this, plenty to discuss. But Packers pulled it out. They got a win, three and one heading into London next weekend. So, I guess at the end of the day, three and one is much better than two and two.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a gross three and run three (laughs) and one.
2: It's a really ugly three and one. But
1: I'd rather have an ugly three and one than an ugly one and three or two and two. So it's good that they are not playing their best ball and still winning. It means there's hope for the rest of the season. But man, that game was really hard to watch.
2: Yeah, I think one of the tricky things is it's hard to tell with this team it feels like everything is so self-inflicted. Like it really didn't feel like the Patriots were doing anything to throw the Packers off. And the same with the bucks. I mean, the bucks gave some exotic looks to the Packers in the second half kind of stalled out their offense, but even like going into week one with the Vikings, everything that the Packers have done so far to lose games has felt so self-inflicted. And I don't mean that to say like the Packers are a perfect football team because obviously they're not by any stretch, but the fact that there's so much for them to still be able to correct. I mean, It's like a catch-22, right? You're excited about the fact that if they clean these things up, they can be a much better football team. But at the same time, it's like, okay, it's been four games now. At what point do you start cleaning up those mistakes and putting things together? Like, how long do the growing pains last? Do the growing pains last until game 10? Are they going to, you know, fix in the next couple games of the season? What does that look like? I think it's... They fix some growing pains here and there.
1: New things come up each week because of like the huge change in personnel, I guess, especially on the offense this season. And it's funny, you look at the stat sheet and you're like, this game doesn't look so bad on paper, right? Bailey Zappi only went 10 for 15, 99 yards and a touchdown. But then you think about all the moments in which the Patriots were able to do things that kept them in this game, right? The pick six. By my estimates, Rodgers is not going to throw another pick six for the rest of the season. So probably the rest of his career. <laughs> probably the rest of his career, right? So he's never going to throw that out route ever again. Um, but, you know, that kept them in the game, right? That Then they took the lead. You get, you know, the delay of game touchdown that should have never been, right? Keeps the Patriots in the game. There's a lot of fluky things that I hope never happen to this team again, that unfortunately just allowed the patriots to hang around but i agree with you like this offense has got to kind of step up their game and be able to at least sustain a couple of first dr- first downs because their defense was doing everything humanly possibly they could to allow them these opportunities to take the lead and you just can't go three and out and give the ball back to the patriots in this game
2: yeah and i mean i think part of it too is you know i'm glad that we're seeing rogers go back to his rookies because dobbs had the unfortunate fumble he fumbled on his first catch last week too but then i would say
1: though that was kind of a bad throw by rogers it
2: it was rogers even said in his presser like he was like i kind of wish he would have dropped it like i wish he would not have hung on to it it was a really good catch for being a terrible Mm -hmm. throw so the but still you know maybe that's something that you think about like you know fighting for extra yardage um, but then he had the really nice touchdown. Obviously, Watson had a touchdown. Dobbs, I, you know, could have sealed the game with that catch. And then he lets it go, kind of going to the ground, completing the catch. So there's just so many things where you think, like, this can't really happen again or it shouldn't keep happening again. And I think if there's one person that I watch their post game presser and I'm like, okay, I feel good about it, Romeo Dobbs is like the most humble. I know. He is the sweetest, just most down to earth. Like, I feel like he's going to be at the jugs machine for like 16 hours <laughs> tomorrow. Just like never going to let that happen again. So it's it's nice to see that Rodgers keeps going back to, to his guys. And even on, in the overtime drive, you know, he was looking for Dobbs. Like there were moments where it's like, these guys are going to play really big roles and they can either rise to the occasion or the offense can sputter because every play can't go to Lazard and Cobb, even though there were times during the game where it looked like that's what Rogers wanted.
1: Yeah. I think the blueprint for this team is starting to formulate for mm-hmm. me where there are really big moments where, you know, Lazard and Cobb are going to step right up, yes. right? Like Lazard is going to make a big play. He's going to make a key block in the run game. Cobb is going to come up with a major catch on a third down. And then you have your rookies who are young and super athletic and LaFleur is finding really creative ways to use them in this offense. And they have the speed that those older vets may not necessarily have, and you can sprinkle them in uh, it, using you know, some of the things we saw in this past game. They just have to put it all together at some point in key drives. The thing that really bothered me was it was just so night and day to me when Aaron Jones gets the ball in a drive, when he's able to run the ball, even if it's only for three, four, five yards at a time, those drives were sustained, right? They scored on those drives, or at least they got to field goal range on those drives. Then they go back to this, like Rodgers throwing on first, second, and third down. Aaron Jones doesn't ever touch the ball and they go three and out. And it's just so obvious what works for this offense and what doesn't. And I don't understand why they keep getting away from what's working I love that they're going back to the rookies. I love that Rodgers is still taking deep shots to them and trusting them. And eventually they will connect, we hope, right? They develop that chemistry and they get on the same page because Christian Watson can (laughs) blow the top off. He is getting separation like nobody's business, but they're not there yet. And I think in games that were this close, I was just sitting on my couch being like, why get away from what's working? It's not like this is a blowout and you can just – Get away with having a silly three and out and give the ball back to your defense and you're fine. Like you're unfortunately tied against a third string quarterback and you're taking the ball out of the hands of arguably your best playmaker.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. And you know, credit to Rogers for saying. To be fair, he doesn't normally have two bad halves of football. Yeah, the first half of football was one of his worst. I mean, pick six. I think he went like three of fourteen or something like that. His His QBR was like 11.2, which is just insane. And then the second half, he came out, he threw the two touchdowns, could have had a third one pretty easily. He connected on a lot of those deep shots, and he played really good ball. And I think, you know, I, I don't know where that mentality is, where you kind of, you know, is if it's getting in your own way, where you're trying to make things happen. And I don't know if it's like a desperation thing, where the second the Packers fall behind, they're like, hey, we're better than this. And they try. We talked about it, you know, after the Vikings game where it's like this mentality that they need to to score 30 points in one drive, which you can't do. So you just have to methodically work in the confines of your offense. And I thought it was interesting that we talked about this kind of before the Patriots game. And we said, like, Rogers has the best completion percentage of his career. He's spreading the ball around. He feels due for a vintage game. Like and then we saw this performance because we had seen for three weeks the build-up to, Hey, when you play in this rhythmic systemic offense that Matt LaFleur has really good things happen. And then this entire first half was like everything that the offense isn't. And it was just,
1: it was weird. I'm wondering if, and this would be a question to ask Rogers, but I'm just wondering if Bill was throwing him looks that he thought he saw something that wasn't there, right? Like Bill Belichick is known, right. For disguising Mm -hmm. his coverages on defense. And, Going into this game, like this was going to be a matchup of the minds between these two. He knows that Aaron Rodgers has seen everything. Aaron Rodgers knows that Bill is on the other sideline. So I'm wondering if there was a piece of this in like a mental game. But when Matt LaFleur and Rodgers run LaFleur's offense at its best, it's beautiful. And they can probably score on every single drive. And I just think all that runs through Aaron Jones. And it's... Not to say that Rodgers is losing a step. I It's too way too early to say he doesn't look right or there's something off or whatever. Twitter was freaking out. I don't think we're there yet at all. It's game four, but Rodgers didn't look like Rodgers. He wasn't throwing the ball as accurately as we as fans are used to. And so if that's the case, just take a step back, right, for a second. And I think instead of taking those deep shots, hit the shorter routes and get the ball to your running backs because the running backs arguably won this game for them, right? Like AJ Dillon had the dagger drive and over time, Aaron Jones was running with his hair on fire. So I think just lean on them until things settle down.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think part of it too is, you know, we were seeing on Twitter, it was kind of being discussed this week that the first, this was like the, since the LaFleur started the era of Matt LaFleur, Roger's depth of target has gone down every season and every season, you know, has culminated outside of 2019, of course, in an MVP caliber season, right? Like the, the mentality of getting away from the deep shots and the field stretching, like vertical passing game and really leaning on like your quick outs, your flats, like there's so many things I I wanted to talk about the Christian Watson touchdown. Like we saw that look like three different times before they actually ran the end around for the score. It opened up Aaron Jones for a 20 yard run at one point. Like this is kind of like the bread and butter quote unquote of the Matt LaFleur offense is the scheme within the scheme where you can run so many different plays out of one structure, one personnel package. And then it, it's just the head scratching of okay, you got like third and five, let's throw it 35 yards down the field and
1: like <laughs> the chains, just move the chains, <laughs> control time of possession, move the chains. And then, of course, when you want him to take a deep shot, right? At the end, you want him to go for the Hail Mary, they throw some weird like lateral to Elton Jenkins. <laughs> He's why like, I but, don't want it. <laughs> this is the one time I want you to go deep. I don't understand what you're doing here. Yeah. Look, there's going to be a lot of tape to go over in this game. And I'm sure Matt and Aaron are going to spend plenty of time dissecting it. And I mean, you tweeted it out, actually, and said it perfectly. Matt LaFleur loves games where they win and there's still plenty to work on. And there is plenty to work on from this game. But they eked out a win. And I think the win from this game to take them into London is huge, just like from a momentum standpoint. It's going to be a tough Road game, right? There's jet lag, there's time difference, there's all these things. Luckily, you know, the the giants aren't that great. And we'll get into the giant giants in our preview show, but I just think this win was really, really, really necessary for um the mentality in the locker room going into the rest of these games.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah,
2: and Lafleur kind of said it too. He was like, whichever team can bounce back going into London better is the team that'll win this game because you said it's not just, you know, technically it's a neutral site. So you're not talking about like a home field advantage, but it's going to be really rowdy. The London fans are great. You've got, like you said, jet lag. There's a mental jet lag. I think when you play even going into overtime, yes, they were at home, but it's an extra 10 minutes on your body. It's taxing. um, Just, you know, knowing that this was a game that could almost have slipped through your fingers that's a lot and i think one of the concerns and like you said we don't want to look too far ahead to the giants yet the patriots had a third string quarterback in so going into the game even against brian hoyer you knew the plan was probably going to be to lean on the run game and the yeah. the, the patriots have a great 1-2 tandem so how is it that there's a third string quarterback that comes in i don't even i'm not even 100% sure that rodgers knew his name He kept calling him the third string quarterback like and that's no disrespect to bailey but i that's just his shows first me. nfl start ever Right. And they're like, Hey, Rashawn, did you watch any film on him? And he's like, no, because I just, would why they? would you? Yeah. So to let the Patriots tandem come in and rush for 167 yards. Why? Like I, I get that the other team gets paid too. And you know, Lafleur said as much like, Hey, it's a bill Belichick team. Like I think maybe the fans, we did ourselves a, a disservice by saying like a trap game and stuff, you know, throw those words out, whatever. I don't think that's, NFL players don't look at it like that, but on paper, the Packers were such a better football team that I think everybody expected this to be a route. And then when the Patriots came in and didn't roll over right away, everyone was like, whoa, 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 I don't like this. <laughs> so, but I mean, we I said it'd be a two score win for the Packers. So I'm part of it. I'm part of the problem. I just thought going into Lambeau Field, you know that you want to make this Patriots offense one note. And their one note was that they dominated on the, on the ground and the Packers didn't have an answer for it. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know. Maybe Bailey Zappi is the next coming of Tom Brady and we <laughs> will look back on this game and be like, oh. It's the turning point. That's why. Um, no, I agree. I mean, it's the same with I, – I don't know why I always come back to this game. It was the Dalvin Cook four-touchdown game, right? And I think either one or both of the Vikings receivers were hurt in that game and you knew – all they were going to do is run the ball. And yet there was no stacking the box. There was no um, just like focus on stopping the run game. And part of me wonders if losing Amos was part of that, right? You lose Amos very, very early in the game. Amos likes to play down in the box. He's a very good run stopper. He's a very good tackler. So you do have two, I mean, depth guys out there because you don't have Ja either. So I think maybe that's part of it. But the Packers have stacked themselves on the D-line at this point that you kind of have to expect at this point that that front is going to be able to stop the run with their main starters or maybe get Devon wide in there, get TJ Slayton in there, get the big bodies in there. But it didn't... Look, I think the defense still had a really nice performance and we're picking on the one thing that they clearly need to work on. Um, but teams are going to see this right and think, okay, here's a blueprint to be able to get yardage against what is clearly going to be a very, very good defense in the NFL this season.
2: Yeah. And if there's one running back who's going to, you know, have their opportunities, Saquon Barkley is one of the top guys you would put into that category, but you know, credit, credit where it's due, we can talk about the defense more holistically in just a second, but Joe Barry, you know, for as much as we, nitpick like you said and we can question like some of his decisions you know we're going to talk about the justin jefferson game at least this entire season because it's just you know every time the vikings play and there's actual coverage against justin jefferson we're gonna be like hey that's what that looks like but <laughs> the point is when when his defense's back is up against a wall we've seen it now for two consecutive weeks they stood tall against the bucks you know to, to prevent that game from going into overtime and then when the Patriots needed 15 yards in overtime to kick a field goal and win the game, the Packers didn't let up and they got off the field. And Rudy Ford made the play there, you know, the, the backup safety. So, you know, credit where it's due to the, the Joe Berry defense. His guys know like in those moments, I think he set them up really well to understand that buckle down and they do a really nice job of like closing out games.
1: Yeah, they have a definitely a different mentality this season of backing themselves in those moments. Um, which I think to a few seasons ago, it would have been a, okay, Ben, 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 oops, break. And I think unfortunately as a fan, you're like, you are remembering those defenses, right? The defenses that have let, you know, the offense down so many times in the playoffs and the defenses that have lost in overtime, but this isn't that defense, right? And you do, like you said, have to give them credit because they are showing up in big moments. and, Look, defense is really hard to play in the NFL. You're not going to get zero, three points every single week. Offenses are going to score on you. Now, do you want it to be a third string quarterback? Probably not, but they did have those moments. And I mean, Rashawn Gary was best player on the field in this game for all four quarters and everything else kind of follows suit. I mean, I think besides the run game, I think the front actually did a really nice job getting a ton of pressure on Zappy. now. That's what you should do. I was thinking about Jordan Love's first start Mm -hmm. last season while I was watching this game, and I was like, Joe Barry's got to – look, he should be, like, sending the house more often than he was. Now, obviously, that leaves your coverage open if Bailey Zappi does get the ball out. And there were moments where Patriots receivers were – really wide open and I was like where are our cornerbacks but at the same time it's his first NFL start Lambeau was getting pretty loud from what I could hear on the broadcast and you should be rattling this guy but they did get to him I think they had four sacks in this game so they did get to him plenty Um, I would have liked to see a little bit more of the blitz
2: yeah and I mean I think that's just the vet savvy of Bill Belichick right like the run game really started to pick up when the Patriots offensive line put in a six lineman so, you know, that's, that's how you get the ground game going. You know, hey, Rashawn Gary is blitzing off the edge. We will just throw another 300-pound human onto that side and run away from Rashawn, and that solves the bulk of the problem. But I did think it was a really nice game. And we have to remember that, you know, the Packers offense spotted the Patriots seven points. So if you're thinking about it from a defensive standpoint, the defense gave up 17 points, which is really good. I mean, we talked about last week, Maliflor said, if your defense gives up 12 points, you need to win those football games. And I think this was another example. Anytime your defense can hold the team, I would say even under 20 in today's NFL, with how high scoring and explosive most teams are, you should win those games. So, you know, kudos to the Packers defense for clamping down. And I thought it was fun to see more guys involved. Jaron Reed led the team in combined tackles. He had eight total. He had one sack. It was nice to see him in there. I thought Rudy Ford played really well for Amos. You know, that was something that we were thinking he's, primarily in there, obviously, to be a special teams ace and he's looked damn good doing that. But it was nice to see him come in and still be productive on defense. So I thought the team responded well. And I think, you know, this is one of those those character wins where we talked about it earlier in the show. Like three and one going into, you know, your next game feels a lot better than two and two. And I think sometimes, you know, there's a lot of players that talk about like we don't believe in in mojo or momentum, but there's a hangover and when you're flying seven hours, there's an additional hangover involved. So to go in there, you know, feeling high instead of, you know, thinking about everything that slipped away from you, it matters. Yeah, absolutely. There were a couple other guys that I think had
1: really, really quietly nice games. I mean, Preston was in there on almost every single pressure and I'm sure it's easier right for him when Rashawn is and Kenny Clark are getting after the quarterback, but I just think Preston like really sets the edge really well Um, And when he has his moments, he can get in front of the quarterback's face. Darnell Savage, I thought, stepped up at safety. When Amos went out, I was like, are we about to see an unfortunate Savage day without (laughs) Amos back there? But we didn't at all. And that's, I mean, to be fair, it's not like the Patriots took too many deep shots. Um, But he had a really nice day. The Packers are sniffing out those... um, Lateral passes behind the line of scrimmage, like nobody's business these days. Him and, and Rasul can spot that from a mile away. Had Both had tackles for losses. So I think uh, opposing offenses should stop doing those um, or don't stop doing those. Stokes too. Like you don't really hear Stokes' name all that often. He's just like playing great ball. So overall, I think this defense knows they have to carry this team a little bit right now, right? it's It's on them, but they're stepping up to the task and I almost feel like they're happy to do it
2: yeah I mean I think for so long and it's different for guys like Rashawn who weren't necessarily there but the Packers have always been like a historically explosive offensive team and the defense you know most playoff losses you could argue it'd be like oh Aaron Rodgers put up 42 points but the other team put up 45 points then that's why they lost you know so it's really nice I think for the defense to be like hey we understand that the offense is still figuring things out. There's growing pains. We can we can step up and, and make some plays. And I think Kenny Clark said that really well, too, where he's I think it was last week where he said, you know, these are games historically that maybe our defense let slip. So the fact that we're not letting them slip away this year says a lot. And this is another one of those games where the defense could have let it slip away. And yes, you know, the offense could have done more, could have put up more points costly fumbles a lot of mistakes that you know should have been the dagger that weren't the dagger but the fact that the defense can rise to the occasion when their backs are against the wall I think says a lot about the mentality of this team and it just goes to show us that like yes we're still talking about a team that has a lot to clean up but if they can put things together and start cleaning things up this is when you figure it out the first four games of the season even the first eight games of the season you're allowed to make some of these mistakes and it's better to make them now than in the playoffs so clean it up Go on a run to end the season and see what happens.
1: Yeah. It's it's just interesting to me, like watching this game versus the way the stats have shaken out just paint completely different pictures, because if you look at it, the Packers had 443 total yards. The Patriots had 271. The Packers had 244 passing yards. The Patriots had 104. The Packers still had more rushing yards than them at one ninety nine. They had more yards per play at 6.2 versus the Patriots 4.7. Like, they win. They have it. the Patriots beat in every single category. More first downs, better on third down efficiency, more total plays, more sacks, less punts. Like, everything about this game on paper shows me that I guess the Packers were never really going to lose because they were the better team. But in watching it, it, it felt like pulling teeth. And not every game is going to be a blowout, but this team has to get better at giving themselves some separation between an opponent that they're just clearly better than.
2: Yeah, I think it was one of the things we talked about too, like in the first season under LeFleur was the Packers kind of play to whatever caliber their opponent is. And it worked really well in spurts when they were playing against you know, like the Titans at Lambeau field. And they were like, Hey, these are two teams that are super bowl contending teams. And, you know, the Packers just blew them out of the water. But then, you know, you have other games where it's like, Hey, this is a, this is a football team that is way below 500 and you're playing like, you're also well below 500. So I, I don't know why that is. And I know it's a week to week league. And, you know, I think so they're on the broadcast even saying like, it's getting harder to win in the NFL. There aren't any layups. There aren't any gimmies anymore. Like, bad teams are still really good football teams, and I think that we forget that sometimes. But I just, it would be nice to see the Packers come out with their hair on fire, and I feel like we haven't seen that much yet. And I don't know if it's, like, Matt LaFleur, I think, is a fantastic coach. I don't have any, like, negative things to say about him, but I wonder if there needs to be, like, more juice. or Like, it feels like there's something missing as far as, like, schematically and technically you're fantastic you bring everything to the table but when it comes time to like and to like motivate the team maybe that's why it's player-led is because Matt's just not that guy I don't know do you, do you know what I'm trying to say like it just I feels do. like there's they need to like to elevate a little bit I think Hackett was that guy yeah I guy.
1: actually think that this team is missing Nathaniel Hackett and I was thinking about this because the Broncos are not having the best start mm-hmm. to the season, and I was like, you know, worse comes to worse, just have Hackett come back because they had the best offense in the league the season he was OC, and he he brought back the Gold Zone, right? Like he, I think, was that compliment to Matt Lafleur's quieter demeanor, quiet, quieter leader demeanor. Um, I don't know enough about Adam Stenovich, but I can't imagine an O-line coach is the most rah-rah guy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it seems like they're leaning on their players. Um, I think they'll figure it out over the course of the season. The Packers have had a really nice locker room um, culture since LaFleur came, and I think they have a real brotherhood. So they'll pick each other back up, but... Just as a side note, you know, Hack, if you if you wanted to come back, I think <laughs> it would be welcome.
2: He did not have to be OC. He can just come in and be like player, player, personnel, hype man. We can yeah, just make can that be- a position.
1: Just be uh, an offensive mind in that
2: room because um, that offense was top notch when he was. And I think part of it too is like it's basically the same offense. Like we took away Devonte Adams, we took away Nathaniel Hackett. This offense can run the same way, and if anything, you're giving this offense the opportunity to be more explosive because you've got, yes, they had MVS, but you've got Dobbs, you've got Watson, you've got, we've seen a hell of a lot more pony package than I was even expecting this early in the season. So just run the offense the way it's supposed to be run, and I think that's, I think those are the things that they'll clean up and they'll put it together because we've seen the ability that this offense has to sustain drives, and not to keep going back to the Bucks game, but should have been a 21 point lead at one point in this mm-hmm. or 21 points in the first three drives. And again, we had a fumble early for the Packers against the Patriots. So if they can just clean up some of these little things, I think the offense can really start humming. I think it's, they make a mistake, they turn the ball over and then they go down three, seven points. And it's like, shoot, we got to get back in this. And the urgency to get back in it takes them out of the scheme. That was what got them to be successful in the first place. Yeah yeah
1: i think it'll come together that's just what i keep saying to myself is it'll come together they're winning games they are having good drives Mm -hmm. they're not they're really inconsistent but they're happening so there are moments to look at and say okay that's how we need to replicate this so i'm positive i was feeling really not positive last night watching this game i was thinking. Is this team even a contender? Like that's what I was thinking to myself. A good night's sleep and a little bit of reflection. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna overreact week four. Before we wrap up, you want to do some positives? Let's let's end
2: this. Um, let's end this episode with some positive takeaways from this game. Okay, I, I <laughs> it's funny you say that because all I could think was one. I guess my positive is that I don't think this turnover differential can sustain itself. The Packers are losing the turnover battle in like every game they've played. And I, I think that gets corrected. I think if there's one thing that LaFleur and Rodgers are going to, you know, kind of band together on, it's that they have to protect the football better. The Packers have had not great luck on the defensive side of the ball with forcing turnovers there either. And I think when you bring Jair back, that's going to add another element. The ball hawking should come back to this ball hawking secondary, where Sean Gary, obviously, we know is just a wrecking ball i think he'll get after the quarterback and force some fumbles there so that'll be one of my positives i will spin it to say that i think the turnovers get cleaned up and i think that this defense will be able to get the ball back in rogers hands instead of the offense consistently putting the defense behind the sticks yeah totally i actually have a bunch of positives from this game my first (laughs) first
1: one is that the rookies are consistently getting more involved in this offense and Rodgers is going back to them even after they make mistakes, which is huge for him. And they're, I want to distinguish between – by what I mean by huge in this instance because there's a lot of jokes on Twitter. Even my family group chat was saying it. Like When Dobbs fumbled, they're like, oh, ha-ha, he's never going to see the ball again. Rodgers is going back to Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs because he sees something in them. Yeah he sees the potential and he sees the skill and he knows that one mistake is not going to be the same as, you know, another wide receiver seven that once had a interception tip off his fingers and never saw the field again. Like this is not the same situation as other times that Rogers has done this. And when he does go back to them, they are proving that, that's a good decision and that they're going to make plays. And this was the first game where both of them had touchdowns and I think we're going to see more of it. And I'm very excited about it.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I mean, Matt LaFleur, I think had said too, like, not to discredit Watson, but I think, you know, Watson is being used right now in a lot of like trickery and end arounds. And I want to see him more involved in like the vertical passing game, which we talked about. I think it was after the Vikings game, just the, they'll, they'll take those shots. Those shots are coming, but Dobbs being so involved as a passing threat we talked about it earlier you know in the show that on on the overtime drive Dobbs had a couple catches like he's starting to pull away if you look at you know the targets he's leading the team right now with 24 targets Alan Lazard is second on the team with 17 so you can see like where Rodgers is trying to get the ball and I think he knows that these guys can make plays and I think yeah that's I mean it kind of is repetitive with the turnovers but this offense will clean things up. I think that's a positive as we talk about like you're winning really close games. And I think the positive is that some of these games won't be as close once these things are cleaned up. Yep. Absolutely. I totally agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, Dobbs with the back shoulder touchdown. That was and- stunning. Stunning. And like Rogers doesn't throw that ball. If he doesn't trust that his receiver is going to make that play. So I think that is huge. Um, my other positive is, I think along the same veins as yours with the with the turnovers, is Rodgers is not going to have another game like this. Rodgers right. is simply not going to play this poorly moving forward. Um, at least you hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but historically, I trust that Aaron Rodgers is just going to have a better game. And that would solve a lot of problems, right? No more weird misses. Um, Hopefully a few less, you know, second and 10 bad deep shots to put them in third down and long situations. I think he needs to stop just like simply stop throwing to the flat. Like he just keeps <laughs> missing his running backs in the flat. I'm like, let's just take this out of the playbook for a second, but he's not going to have a first half like he did. And he's not going to throw another pick six. So
2: this is not going to be a repeated affair. It's been, the flat has been really weird this week. The, like it's, this it doesn't make any sense What's going on. Um, I guess another positive is, you know, we talked about, we thought Robert Tunium was going to have a big game, got his first touchdown of the season, which is great. Um, I think the offensive line there's, There's, I think, some there's room for growth there, obviously, which you would expect when two of your players are coming back from really invasive knee surgeries. I think Elton Jenkins is maybe struggling a little bit at right tackle, but I think I think they'll either lock that in and he'll, you know, feel better as he kind of heals. Or maybe they'll consider moving him inside and bringing a guy like Yash outside. But I thought David Bakhtiari played a really good game. I know he had the one penalty, but it's nice to see that they didn't have to have him flip as many series like I think he's back. You know, and it feels really good to say that. And I think once there's more cohesion along the line, I think the Patriots only had one sack. So that's promising too. And part of that is, of course, when you're running for 199 yards on the ground, but yeah, getting them, there's a positive. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are just ridiculous. And the two of them are one of the best, if not the best tandems in football. And if the Packers just lean on them even more than they did on Sunday... Good things will happen. Good things will happen.
1: It was really nice to see AJ Dillon kind of get his legs under him as the game was rolling along. I think at the beginning of the game, he wasn't getting too much in terms of yardage. And then he starts, as as defenses get tired, that's kind of when he starts to thrive. He just like starts pulling people along with him. And that overtime drive was just like, that's the moment where you are so happy to have him on your team. So I agree with you, the tandem. My other positive is that, I really, really think the vets on this offense step up in huge moments. Mm-hmm. Alan Lazard quietly had an over a hundred yard game, he was and fantastic. no one's talking about it, right? Like he had six catches for 116 yards, a huge first down conversion for the Packers to finally get back in this game. Like if he does not make that diving catch, I don't know if this game ends well. Randall Cobb, we already said it in this show, always comes up huge. Only three receptions for 42 yards, but his average catch was 14 yards. I mean, he's making huge plays. He looks like young Randall Cobb. Again, you always have Mercedes Lewis out there, right? You have, like you said, your bets on the O-line. So the Packers have the building blocks to be a really successful team, and I think they will be if the bets continue to play like this.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, we talked about this not to to get too repetitive, but we talked about this last week too. And it's just, we knew that this is kind of what we thought the offense would look like. There wasn't going to be like a 1500 yard receiver, like Devante, you weren't going to have a receiver with 12 touchdowns, but every was, everybody was going to contribute. And we said like Cobb was a really good example of that. Like if he has X number of yards and four touchdowns, is that a good year for him? And right now I would say that the entire receiving core is on pace to do exactly what we would hope for them to do. And, you know, you could argue that like maybe Dobbs and Lazard are going to have more yardage totals than we thought going into the season. We kind of thought, Hey, maybe like 800 is the cap for some of these guys, but the way that the ball has been distributed. And I think that's what makes it feel so promising. It's frustrating because you know what the offense can be, but the takeaway from this is that once these things get cleaned up, Rogers is starting to trust these guys a lot when they play into the confines of the scheme, really good things can happen. And I think that we're going to see that in this next stretch of four.
1: I hope so. Um, I guess last, last positive is the defense. I mean, we went over it already. Like the defense is just playing really, really great football. And I think they need to continue to, I do want to see Barry be a little bit more aggressive in certain situations, but for the most part, it's really a nice change to have your defense trot out onto that field and trust that they're actually going to make a stop. Um, Yeah, I mean, they have ballers on that side of the ball and they didn't even have two of their starters in this game.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Kenny Clark came out for a series and even special teams, right? I know that there were some moments they gave up some big return yardage, but it seems like they're figuring it out as well. Pat O'Donnell has been just, a revelation, which is weird to say about a punter. I feel kind of, I don't know, but then Keyshawn Nixon, Rudy Ford, yeah. two weeks in a row that Nixon downs a punt on the two yard line. Like, yes, there were moments that, you know, you question like calling for a fair catch versus, you know, trying to get a couple of extra yards and things. But again, I think Rich Passaccia is going to clean that up. I don't think he loves some of those decisions, but as a unit, you're not holding your breath as much. And when Crosby came out to kick a field goal, I was like, I feel a lot better with this holder and this operation than I did last season anytime a field goal happened it was like oh shit it's about to get blocked <laughs> and now this year it's like okay I, this is pretty good I can, I can trust this so there's another positive special teams is not losing games for the Packers
1: special teams is competent special teams is actually a little more than competent honestly special we're... teams is like a like a B kid right now they're like yeah, a, a B minus I give them a B minus yeah yeah. Okay, I feel so much better after this episode. I hope everybody <laughs> listening does too. Um it's not always as high or low I think as the emotional reaction of when you are watching, but the key takeaway here is the Packers are 3 and 1 and they're going to go play the Giants in London at 3 and 1 and that's really all that matters.
2: Yeah, and I mean ugly wins, still count as wins. You don't you don't have to give them back in the NFL. You get to keep those, so We'll take it for what it is. And this was a rough, I think, I think that's where I kind of want to wrap this up is this was a rough first stretch of four games to learn about your offense and your young rookies. You started away against a divisional opponent. Yes. You had a home game against a, still a divisional opponent with a new head coach. Then you went down to Tampa to play Tom Brady and a team that you likely could see again in the playoffs. And then you came home to face a bill Belichick led football team. Like this was not a cakewalk for this Packers team. And the fact that they're sitting at three and one with still a lot to figure out that we feel confident and comfortable that they will figure out says a lot about where we think this season can go for them. And, you know, we've seen the Packers win pretty. We've seen them win very hard fought football games. And look at how the season ends. They still don't win a Super Bowl and they didn't win a ring. And it was still a wasted season. Wasted season, right? They can win ugly. All the way to the super bowl and win a really ugly super bowl for all i care right yeah. like it's not about how you win it it's how you get there and the packers are doing what they need to do to get there maggie that was beautifully said
1: <laughs> it really <laughs> wasn't it was really not articulate it was but... really
2: beautifully said <laughs> um i have nothing to add this has been the packs what she said podcast thank you as always for listening to the show you can follow the podcast on twitter at PWSS podcast, or find us on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube at Facts What She Said. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. We'll be back in a couple of days to talk about the Packers at Giants in London. Go pack Go, go Pack-O. Go.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.